five, four, three, two, one, zero. Welcome back to another great episode of the Intrinsic Podcast. I'm your co-host, Omar, and this is... Uh, uh, it's fine. It's, a, it's uh, fine. It's usually hype. Come on. <laughs> Don't kill the hype. Come on. I just wanted to keep you in suspense for a second longer. It's not like it's going to be like, oh, it's fucking Batman over here. Like, oh, shit. <laughs> it's the same guy from last week. What a it's surprise. It's not one? Who oh, is this? Plot twist. Who is that guy? Imagine, imagine that. Imagine that shit. Like, how, what big of a plot twist? Like, one day we just have some random guest. Like, oh, yeah, I'm here with uh, my usual co-host. Oh, yeah, it's Ja. Woo, who the fuck is this man? <laughs> that, would, that would be dope. That would be yeah. dope. I would not mind that. <laughs> he's trying to fucking replace me now. <laughs> shout shout he said, out. He said this man, Ja, is chiller than fucking Shout out to the homie, Ja, putting in that work on his build. Mm-hmm. I see you. I see you. Yep. Um. So welcome back, everybody, to another great episode. This is episode 46, I believe. Yep. Um. Wow. We're putting these out like hotcakes. Uh, feels good to be back. How how are you doing today, Juan? Um, great. I think. Okay. <laughs> I told you doing this like seven day shit is like I feel simultaneously extremely happy, tired, and excited. I don't know. It's mm-hmm. all at the same time because, and then you already start thinking about the next day. I'm like, oh, yep, I'm already thinking about tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, all of the above is how I'm doing, Omar. That's good. That's good. I'm happy to hear that. Mm-hmm. It's important to check in with each other, you know. It's a little reminder for everybody listening. Check on your friends. Check on uh, your girlfriends, boyfriends, your moms, your dads, your sisters, your brothers, cousins, tios, tias, all of the above. Check in on your people. Make sure you're all doing good. Um, I, myself, yep. am doing better. But I did take an L this past week. But we're moving along because there's more work to do. And today, we wanted to talk to you guys about consequences. Okay, so we've been talking about putting in that work, okay? We have the work one. We got the work part two, right? Going through the Mm -hmm. stages. We broke it down for y'all. We're telling y'all we're putting in that work. We're reminding you what we're doing, what we're about. But now, sometimes you reach consequences, right? Because either there's too much work going on or it's the lack of work going on in your life. You'll reach some consequences in your life. There's the good form of consequences and there's the bad form of consequences. Now, I think it goes without saying when you dedicate yourself to reaching a higher level of workload, just really trying to reach your inner potential, you will become tired, you will trip, you know, you will possibly fall. You'll make some mistakes. You'll take some L's like I have. It's it's part of the journey. Um, and those are some of those consequences, right? But sometimes there's also good consequences. So let me ask you, Juan. What are some consequences that you could say come from the journey when you dedicate yourself to that stage three when you're hitting the gym every day 
Oh, you're putting me on the spot right away. I am putting you on the spot. Fuck. People got to know. One thing before that, because you mentioned, and I know we talked about this before the podcast, like consequences being positive and negative. Mm-hmm. I'm actually changing my perspective on that. I feel like consequences are all positive. Because okay. if you fuck up and you get arrested or whatever happens, I would mm-hmm. say that's a good consequence because you were probably being a piece of shit who deserved <laughs> to you know, go to jail or, or whatever it was, you know? Okay. I'll just throw that out there. Anyway. <laughs> Shout out to the people to that have gone to jail. um anyways um yeah Yeah. uh consequences of what i'm doing i guess are like i said they're the main one is it's this feeling of like you would think seven days a week right you think like oh this man's tired all the time and i wouldn't agree or disagree with that because I feel like that's more of a perception. We've talked about this before. Tired is a ma- mindset more than anything. Because going through this, especially that first week, I felt like, wow, I just did seven days. Like, I feel like I should feel extremely tired. And so, mm-hmm. you know, for a couple of minutes or maybe a couple of hours in that day, I was thinking like, yeah, I'm really tired. It's been seven days. But then after that, like, I got up to like go cook something. And like, I was, I got up like super quick off my bed. I'm like, oh. I don't think I'm tired, actually. I'm actually not tired at all. My joints feel good. You know, my knees, my my shoulders. I have, like, a shoulder that I, like, slightly uh, injured and, like, a, a neck thing. And it was like, uh, no, I'm actually doing pretty good. So even though you would expect a consequence of, like, the shit that I'm doing to be, like, he's sore all the time, it really doesn't happen. More so than anything, it's more, like, tired, you know? Mm-hmm. Like and, and it's not like a... Yeah, fatigued and like a little bit flat sometimes. Mm-hmm. And it's a weird thing because it's a, such a simple thing that people don't pay attention to. But like imagine like your energy level throughout the day. Like you personally, Omar, how do, how do you think your energy level is throughout the day? Like you wake up out of bed, you check your messages, right? Mm-hmm. There's people sliding in your DMs, you get up. <laughs> yeah. <right. laughs> how is your energy level proceed like the whole day? You know, the highs, the lows, the flats, whatever it is. It varies from day to day, but on an average day. Say yesterday. Well, let's not say yesterday. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but on an average day, I would say it's fairly consistent. You know, it's not necessarily too high or too low. It's just consistent throughout the day. But it's usually around the end of the day when I peak, right? When it goes all mm-hmm. the way up. Because it's, for me, it's gym time. I'm going to go hit the gym at nighttime. Um, and side note, uh, for everybody that's uh, sliding in my DMs, give me props for hitting the gym at 6 in the morning. That's Juan. <laughs> that's not me. Maybe someday it'll be me, but that's not me. <laughs> but we do appreciate you, you guys supporting us. Um, but, you know, I was thinking about that, and also it's like, mm-hmm. even though that wasn't you, I was thinking, like, they're not wrong, though. You know, the things that I imagine they're saying, like, hey, dude, keep it up. You're doing good shit. and like. Yeah. It may not be him, but he is, you know, those are things that I would say that I say to you, hey man, keep it up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even yeah, if it's enough. not the six AM shit, whatever the fuck, it's like, hey, keep it up, bro. So yeah. No, that's that's true. That's true. Um and yeah, I mean, if you're hitting the gym at in the morning, but you better fucking know. I'm gonna be hitting the gym at night, so <laughs> Yeah, you're We're more like of the- a of a night person. I used to be also that, which 
the night. Yeah. And I'll, I'll let you. I'll let you go first. So, like the differences between your energy level when you work out in the night versus when you work out in the morning. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could see the advantages of working out in the morning because it's the first thing you wake up to do, right? You have your initial burst of energy in the morning. Um, so it makes sense to get the most out of your workout in the morning. But for me, I do physical labor. So I don't want my workout per se to affect my performance at work because then it's, it's all bad. My day will become 10 times longer. And so if I can remain fairly consistent throughout the day, no necessarily like no peaks, you know, um, I try to avoid, you know, drinking energy drinks or whatever, just for work purposes so that I can just stay at a normal heartbeat, normal pace, stay consistent, get through it so that when I get off, it's like, okay, now, now it's time, you know, now I get to enjoy myself. Now I get to put everything out, you know, completely exert myself. Um, and yeah, I don't know. Um, maybe you can call me a night owl. I don't know. I do enjoy though like the drive to the gym and it's already dark. I enjoy leaving the gym and it's dark. I enjoy the darkness because it's it's a lot more quiet. There's mm. a lot less noise. There's a lot less distraction. Sometimes, you know, Friday nights or the weekends, um, since the gym that I go to is like downtown, you still see like a lot of nightlife and all that. But I don't really get distracted by that. It's not really taking me away from my path. It's uh, more so like continuing to help me uh, – be enabled right like okay you guys are out here having fun that's cool good for you guys but i'm still here putting in that work i'm still fucking here you know mm-hmm. uh you guys are you know maybe stumbling out of a bar or you know overindulging in some ice cream or whatever i'm still out here fucking sweating my ass off right yep. um so for me it's a little bit different i enjoy working out at nighttime it also uh it helps me kind of quiet all the voices in my mind so that when I'm driving back home it's like I'm focused if I have something like if I'm going to come back home and still work on the podcast or whatever uh, my mind is clear my mind is set I already know what edits I need to make um and it's kind of just a matter of okay what's the next thing on the list let's go let's go right yeah yeah I've always worked out as well at night and then I shifted towards like regular day mm-hmm. and you might think oh man th- this guy like likes waking up and shit I mean, Omar knows, like, I, I started doing this shit early because it sucks. Like, I knew that this shit was hard. I knew that it was tough. I saw it from, right, David Goggins, Jocko Willink, who is, like, a retired Navy SEAL. He wakes up at, like, 4, 4.30 in the morning, and he puts a picture of, like, his watch on Instagram every day, and I think, fuck, right? So it's, like, if you have the, the reason why I was saying in the past podcast, like, if you understand the things that we're saying, you have something different because even though in the past I wasn't waking up at six in the morning to go to the gym and I wasn't doing it seven days a week at all, me consistently seeing that, me seeing all these people work and work consistently and wake up early and suffer, you know, it accumulates, it accumulates. Even though in my mind, I'm still like, ah, man, that's a lot. That's a lot. Bit by bit, all that acted like a grain of salt, Mm -hmm. slowly just getting closer and closer and closer to my mind to where I was like, why the fuck am I not doing that? Right. right? You, you talk this game of you want to be this person. Well, let's see if you mean it. Mm-hmm. Right. That, that was sort of the mentality for me. So I, I hate waking up early. I don't like it at all. Like that yeah. is 
probably one of the least pleasant. That's probably one of the hardest things of doing this thing because I really like to sleep and I like to not sleep in, but I just like to at least get my eight hours, right? Because we're mm -hmm. trained to like get your eight hours. The way I'm doing it right now, I really never get eight hours. It's always seven hours, hopefully six hours, like, you know, lately, which isn't the best. But mm -hmm. how my energy level goes is I get up, I'm tired, I go to the gym. And honestly, that acts as the fuel. Here's the thing. When I'm at the gym, even though I get through the workout and yes, I can sort of feel to me, the workout is like get, getting up and meditating or doing yoga, something to just wake you up. I wake up by going to the gym, by sweating, by lifting weights, by running, whatever it is. Then that to me is the fire that I use for the rest of the day. One, for the same reason that you're saying, because when I wake up, it's still dark, right? It's still dark. Too, yeah. Everyone's still asleep and there's no one outside. And at least right here where I'm at in Tucson, it's fucking cold. So I'm having to <laughs> wear like a jacket and walk to the gym and I'm like, oh man, like, this is miserable, but when I look around, and especially like a day like today where I got to the gym, the lights were off, there was no one there, you know that feeling like, oh, just me then, huh? Hmm, okay. It's almost like that little bit of pride there where I'm like, ooh, okay, something's going on here where I'm the only one and I'm having to get in here, turn on the lights and start working out, you know, warm up those weights for everyone else as they're waking up. Um, but anyways, that acts as like the fuel for the rest of my day. Mm. And I'm not going to lie. I, I keep it pretty consistent, but right around like two, essentially when I break my fast, my energy dips like precipitously where I used to not be a fan of naps, but now I literally feel like I need to. And it's like a yeah. 10 minute, 20 minute nap. It really, it's nothing more than that. Anything, anytime I sleep more than that, I think I fucked up, mm -hmm. but it's like, and, you know, like, I try to fight it so much. I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And it's like, I just can't, you know. And at this point, I just, like, accept it. Like, hey, you know what? You're waking up early. You're not getting a lot of sleep. You're putting in all this effort on a fast. So it makes sense when you get all these nutrients, your body's like, okay, thank you. Like, let's go to sleep now, you know. So it's like I'm kind of balancing yeah. it with, like, all right, I'll take a 10-minute nap, wake up, usually head to Starbucks, you know, just because being here, <laughs> you know, close to my bed or a couch or something comfortable, I feel like I'm going to pass out again. Then peak a little bit more towards like four, five, six, finish up any work or podcast related stuff or anything else of that sort. Yeah. And then go to sleep. Ideally at 10, but it almost never happens. It's always like 11. Okay. But yeah. No, okay. Lana, let me stop you there. So mm -hmm. before you mentioned that, you think you change, you change your mind. You say that consequences in general are all good. Yeah. Now, time to play the devil's advocate. With that example that you just gave us, um, mm -hmm. you said, okay, for you, you're hitting the gym early in the morning. That's great. It's been working out for you so, so far. Mm -hmm. But now because you have to wake up early, perhaps now there is a lack of sleep. Because of that little bit of lack of sleep, now later on in the day, you feel like you need to take a nap. Um, I would say that that might be a consequence, right? Yeah. What you're doing is still good, but yet now you need to take a nap, right? Or you think it's a negative consequence is what you're saying? I personally do because I also sometimes need to take naps. Um, okay. And I personally dislike taking naps because what it, 
I like to, I guess I like to be in control, especially now that I've made so many changes in my life. Mm-hmm. I, I prefer to be in control as much as possible because when I'm not <laughs> in control, I feel like I'm getting set up for failure. Like an L is going to come my way, right? Okay. So for me, for example, if I woke up a little bit earlier that day to get some extra stuff done for work, I know I'm going to feel it later on in the day. And if I don't get some sort of an energy drink, I know I'm for sure going to want to take a nap. Especially mm-hmm. recently that I've been trying to get rid of energy drinks. I come home. What's the first thing my body's telling me to do is like take a nap. And yep. there's nothing worse than waking up from a nap and saying, okay, now let's go hit the gym. It's the worst. I, I, I can't, I can't imagine doing that like on a regular basis. I try not to. But mm-hmm. for me, I dislike that so much because when I take a nap, what that tells me is like, I didn't plan my sleep correctly i i wasn't efficient i wasn't you know adequate enough so therefore my body's now rejecting any more work any more anything until i sleep and i just like that sometimes i'm able to bypass that that nap right if you continue to push yourself but there's other times where it's like oh god like i literally can't do a single thing like your head is like you know nodding your head and this and that right mm-hmm. so there i think within itself is kind of a consequence right Ooh. naps Ooh, i'm really trying to find something to agree with you Omar, but <laughs> i i disagree 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 okay tell let me, me play tell devil's me, advocate me. to what you're saying right you're saying okay. hey you misjudged the time you should have slept more fair right two things to that number one who who is what person that is trying to achieve something great is getting eight hours of sleep mm. right what person that is trying to achieve something different is getting eight hours of sleep, mm. right? I'll leave that question there. That's fine. Think about that. Here's the real devil's advocate of that, though, right? You say, all right, you mistimed, whatever. Let's say, okay, you fucked up. You only got five, three hours of sleep. That's mm-hmm. very shitty, right? Three hours of sleep, you fucked up. You definitely fucked up. There's no excuse for that. In that case, right, and you say, because of that, now you have to take this 10, 20, let's say 30 minute nap, right? Now you just sacrifice 30 day, 30 minutes of your day. Right? Let me ca- counter that with this. How many hours do you spend on your phone? On Instagram or Facebook or Twitter or all these other Snapchat social medias, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to guess a couple of hours. Yeah. And so the, the argument here, right, is for me, Yes, I could very much be on on social media and I could stay awake or I could just put my phone down and that time that I would spend on my phone or doing some other thing that's stupid that isn't benefiting me at all, I could give my brain a rest and my body a rest and then recover. Yeah. Right. So that's that's just my argument for that. I don't think it's negative because, again, one, no one who's ever trying to do something is going to do it perfectly or is going to get eight hours of sleep or is going to have the perfect schedule. Otherwise, you're just not going to be that person, I think. And then two, there are far worse things that you can be doing with your time than taking a nap because you woke up early to go to the gym. You know what I mean? Uh, that's a, mm, you know, there's there's a lot of other shit there that you can think like, well, damn, you're spending two hours on your phone. Like that, 100% shit on me for that like that that would be that's bad that's just a stupid decision you know so i don't know that's my perspective okay that's fair i think that's a fair argument but 
Yeah, I guess Ooh. it really is perspective. He said but. He said but. Oh, shit. Yeah. He's coming back. He's swinging. I can see him. <laughs> Swing better, better, better. Swing better, better, better. Swing. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, I think that's a fair argument. And I think you can definitely say there is truth to that. But I don't know. Something in me just tells me but. it's just not right. It's like if you have to justify it, right? Justify? I, well, like, yeah, because like you said, well, hey, like you went to the gym early in the morning. Of course you would need to to take a nap afterwards, right? It's like, well, why? Why not just continue on throughout your day? No, because no, you wouldn't. You don't have to. 100%. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing that I'm saying. My job is extremely mental, right? So even though I'm working my body out physically, and yes, that is a mental thing. If I'm passing out, I can't read. If I'm passing out, I can't code. I can't program. I can't do those things. So to me, a nap is literally the best case scenario in that particular case. Because if I don't, then you know what? I'm going to stay awake for another two hours and be extremely inefficient. I'm going to be working at 30%. Yeah. But that 10, 20-minute nap now can bring me back up to 70, 80, 90%. That's, that's my argument. I, can, I have no problem, Omar, staying awake the whole day. No problem at all. But I, I feel like if I do that, I am going to be working at a 50, 60% range. Mm-hmm. And that I don't think you can really justify. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, <laughs> uh, all right, we we can leave that one there. Well, I mean, we can agree to disagree. Mm. Okay, yeah, mm. <laughs> yeah. I guess just for me, from my point of view, it's just I always feel guilty, you know, because it's daytime, right? If I take a nap or whatever during the nighttime, yeah, that's your designated sleeping time, right? But if it's during the day, it's like every minute of every second of every day during daylight is valuable. You could have done something, right? Because the majority of businesses, the majority of everything is open during the day too, right? And I've had it happen before where it's like, oh, I should have done this one thing, but I didn't because I took a nap. And then I wake up, I'm like, well, oh, well, I guess I'll go to the gym. And I'm like, still motivated and still you know inspired and driven and everything but it's like mm, maybe i shouldn't have taken that nap but i also do take longer naps like hour naps sometimes oh. even slightly longer so that's not a nap, maybe it's just, just a sleeping. matter yes maybe it's just a matter of cutting down on the uh the naps themselves my thing is you know ultra ultra marathoners they take naps when they run over 100 miles like literally they'll stop running They'll because they have like a team of like people and the the van will pull up. They'll get in mm-hmm. the back and they'll sleep for five, ten, twenty minutes, and then they'll get up and they'll finish the race. That's why to me it's like, mm-hmm. if it gets you to the end, is it that bad? You know? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, maybe it just comes you know with the territory, right? Like if you're on that journey, you're pushing yourself to a higher uh, degree. That's possibly what uh what it entails, right? You yeah. can't be pushing yourself so hard and not have the recovery to make up for it, right? Yeah. That's true. You know, the rock and, and Kevin Hart nap, so I'm okay with I'm okay with napping. Oh damn, damn it. Damn it. <laughs> I'm just saying. They they there are some fucking hard motherfuckers that are working out there, so it, it would have been almost better if you said, Hey, you know Tupac used to take naps. Like, oh shit. Hey. He probably did. All, all gangsters out here, you got to take naps too. So, you know. <laughs> but, but, but anyways, trucha, you know? Yeah. But uh, consequences, consequences. 
consequences <laughs> back <laughs> on track i mean that yeah. was that was related to consequences yeah the you know which consequences even though i like the positive consequences i mean okay never mind because i switched to they're all just good consequences but the ones that mm-hmm come about from external things that you did that you fucked up in like say drinking too much or you know whatever um substance abuse seems to be like the the thing that's always like on my mind when i think like oh what does fucking up look like like that even mm-hmm. though of course it could be like a million different things out there you know it's yeah. just a thing you know at the top of my head but those bad consequences from that let's say let's just say simple like throwing up or some shit like you know, I'm sure we've all like done that shit at some point. It like it sucks to such a like extent that that's why I still feel like it's positive because it's like, well, you did this really stupid thing, so you got this really st- fucking serious consequence of throwing up and feeling like disgusting and and probably not being functional for another day or two. Right. And we all know alcohol is also a depressant, so you probably felt the effects of that for the weeks after that shit, and. It's just this accumulation of like consequence and consequence and consequence and taking responsibility for the consequences and just stopping the momentum, you know, because as like all of us know, one fuck up and then you just let that linger and then another fuck up and then it's just snowballs into this effect and you like think a year, two years after, like, how the fuck did I get here? Oh, this started like a year or two ago. This wasn't just like, it's very easy to think like, oh, I drank too much yesterday, so yesterday was the cause. Like, no, 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 no. Like, no, you don't do these things that fuck you up that much in a split second decision. You've been thinking about that for months. You've been probably thinking about that for years. Not maybe not that specific time, but you've been thinking about, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna blow off steam. Whatever it is, right? So it's important to take responsibility of of all that stuff. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, and uh, let me just start off by saying, if you're a hungover, well, hey, what? Sex to suck. Guess what? You yep. suck. No, just kidding. <laughs> no, you um, too. <laughs> all your decisions have consequences. And um, I spoke about this uh, with a few friends recently. Um, I was also tal- talk- talking to you about this right before we started recording, where since the second that my life took a change for the better, um my mentality changed where I used to sympathize a lot with people, but I've become different. As we said before, things have changed. I've changed and I can't permit myself to feel sympathetic for myself, for others. When you've put yourself in that position that you're in. Right. And it's, it's difficult to accept maybe especially coming from me because of how I used to be. Um, and you know, I am very friendly and I still continue to be friendly. It's not like I'm an asshole now, but I'm also very honest. Um, I guess back in the day I used to just kind of maybe bend the truth a little bit, right. To appeal more to people, but I'm not doing that anymore. I'm not trying to make people feel better or what they think will make them feel better. I'm trying to bring to people what you brought to me, which is the truth. It's honesty. Will it hurt? Yes. But somebody's got to, you know, open these people's eyes. And if you're listening and you're lying to yourself, well, you got to expose yourself. You got to expose yourself to your own bullshit, right? You got to get up and smell the roses. 
because <laughs> nice. Hey, like sometimes that. bullshit. Hey, sometimes bullshit smells nice. <laughs> I don't know um, about that. No, no. But uh, jokes aside, it's important to realize that no matter what you do in life, whatever deci- decisions you're making, choices, they're all going to lead to a certain form of consequence, right? Now, of course, Juan's saying that they're all positive, right? Um, and I agree. Disagree. No, I agree. Oh, okay. uh, but let me explain why. Of course, we're giving the example of somebody with substance abuse being hung over the next day. Now, some might people some people might say, "Hey, that's that's not <laughs> that's a terrible consequence. Like that's not good." Um, it is if they're able to see it for what it is, right? Mm-hmm. If they overconsume whatever, and they get a little hungover, they're just feeling out of it the next day, week after. Let that be your eye opener. Let that be the reason why you change. Let that be the reason why you don't consume that much next time. Or let that be the reason why you don't consume anymore at all ever again. Right? Let that night, let that day be the reason. And that's where I would see it being positive. Now, of course, people sometimes want to deny that. Like, ah, well, you know, I'm just lightweight or I just couldn't hang, but I also didn't have anything to eat that day. Right? They just want to justify it so that they continue to do it the next weekend. And they come back. It happens again and again. And then you get yourself in a cycle and then you have yourself an addiction, a problem, right? And that's where you have those negative consequences. But in general, I could see how you could say that's positive, right? Because if you're honest and you're truthful with yourself, or hopefully you have somebody around you that will be honest with you, truthful, they'll expose you to your bullshit and say, hey, that's not, that's not good. You shouldn't have been that hungover or you shouldn't have been puking your guts out like all night. Like, you didn't let anybody sleep around you, you know? Like, you didn't let any of us sleep. You didn't sleep yourself. Like, that's not good, right? Yeah. Um, so good in that sense, that it'll bring change. But it's mm-hmm. not always that easy. It's not always that evident right away, right? Um, and that's one scenario, right? Well, we're also giving a scenario of, like, you're working out. You're working your ass off. You're tired. You need you need rest. You need sleep. You feel drained, right? Um, there's also in the scenario that, Perhaps you're becoming so consumed by your work or your craft, right? As we explained before, it's not always just about working out. It's also about your your career, your craft. Perhaps you become consumed by it and you're starting to shut off the whole outside world, right? Because now you've become so hyper-focused on this one task that you have. Like, no, I need to do this every day. Nobody can take me away from this. Not my family, not my friends, not my girlfriend, not my boyfriend. This is for me. I need to change this. I need to do this. And that's great. But then you become antisocial. Then you become an introvert, right? Now you're shutting off the world. It's not that the world has shut out on you. You're shutting off the world for perhaps some good purposes, right? Because you're focused on yourself. You're focused on your craft, your career. And you'll excel at it. But for how long? And can you achieve that without having anybody around you right at some point or another i would almost want to say that you might be like oh shit where is everybody goddamn like i'm alone there's nobody out here mm-hmm. maybe i don't need help necessarily right i know what i'm doing i'm doing great but maybe a little bit of some support maybe somebody to just give me a, a sign of some appreciation some love right someone to just tell me hey man i love you bro you know something right you do need people right as human beings i yeah. think we need people right and so that could be another form of a consequence that you could attribute to you know putting in that work being dedicated mm-hmm. driven every day um it's those consequences but 
along with the consequences comes the responsibilities. So we could go on all night, all day, explain to you guys the consequences. And I don't really think we we need to. I think everybody, if they reflect within themselves, can see the consequences that they face, right? But now it's about taking responsibility. So how do you take responsibility for your consequences, Juan? Um, <laughs> I don't. That's a good question. <laughs> uh, I don't, no. Um, before that, I, I'd say this is why this is a two-person podcast, because actually okay. you, you changed my perspective a little bit on the consequences thing. Yes, you were wrong. My answer. Fuck yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I still stand by my answer. I still think most of them, I think all of them are positive with yep. the one sort of asterisk of if the person is paying attention right. to the shit that they're doing, mm-hmm. because it could very much be negative. If the person is getting shit faced drunk and they just they just they're in denial. They're like, No, I'm good. I'm good. I just drank mm-hmm. too much. I didn't eat enough. Next time I'm gonna be good. Right. It's always that next time. And it's like, really? Like you 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 just took your face out of the toilet and you're already thinking about next time? Like, you know, come on, like let that yeah, let that settle in a little bit. So yeah, definitely I, I agree with that. I think they're all positive for me at least if the person is actually conscious of it and, and doing these things, which is a big if. Right, it is a big if. So it's not easy. I I concede. I concede to what you're saying there. Um, responsibilities. The way I take responsibility is. I don't know. I I, I I've said it before. I'm pretty hard on myself, and so taking responsibility becomes very easy for me when the thing is something that I fucked up on, because. I don't know. Like I said, it's so much easier to me. Like when I fuck up, like, you know, I, I said I was going to run three miles, but then I get super tired and I'm out of breath and I run 2.5 or something like that. It's like that to me is very easy to take responsibility for because it's like, well, did someone slow me down? You know, was someone pulling me off the, the treadmill? Was someone, you know, doing something to distract me? No, no one was doing anything. It's just me in the gym or just me and a couple of people. And yet I still wasn't able to do the thing that I set myself up to do. Right. And that becomes a lot easier. The thing that I was mentioning before the podcast started is I have a really hard time taking responsibility for the good things that I do and the things that other people, here's the thing. It's a difference between confidence. I'm very, very confident in the person I am, the things that I can do. That's one thing. But the responsibility of seeing the positive consequences, say getting an award or say getting a new job or say, you know, doing this thing, that thing, you know, being really happy with like the way your body's looking like, I don't do that enough. I really don't do that enough because as you know, when you're in this path of constant growth and constant improvement, you have your head down. And you're just Mm -hmm. focused on that next step. Okay, I did that, right? Like like I said, as soon as I finish working out in the morning, I think, all right, so what's tomorrow? Okay, so tomorrow's arms. All right, cool. So I got to get some rest. I got to do this. I got to do that. It's always the next thing. It's never, hey, let me take a breather here. Let me just relax. Yes, I will be working out tomorrow. Yes, I will be going to work tomorrow, whatever it is. But I did something pretty special today. And that's the thing that I just don't take responsibility for. You know what I mean? I, mm. I, I'm I confident because of those things, right? The work speaks for itself. And because 
I'm able to work in this way. I'm confident in my abilities. But I don't ever say, hey, Omar, that thing I did yesterday, that was pretty cool, huh? Like, I feel good about myself. Like, I'd never say that. Like, never say that because it's just it just happened and it needed to happen. And that's fine. But, right, it's it's a balance between, and we said it before, that first stage, right, which was doing work for the sake of validation. Obviously, I'm not in that stage. But as you go into the second and third, potentially fourth and fifth stage, I feel like you still need a little bit of like, hey, you're not doing it for validation from other people. You're doing it for validation for yourself. Yeah. Right? Because, again, you're just looking down and, and hiking and going one step, two step, two step. And you got to realize and look, you know, take a second to reflect and look back and think, wow, I'm actually at a pretty high point. Mm-hmm. Right? Because then how can you distinguish the high points from the low points if you're just always looking down? I agree. Well, I think I think I'd want to say that responsibility has to come full circle, right? If you become responsible enough to commit to making a change, make an improvement, you also have to come back full circle in the sense that you have to also commit to being responsible for admitting when you've completed that task successfully, right? When yep. you've succeeded, when you've been able to achieve whatever goal it was, you have to recognize that because that's also a form of accountability, right? And I've, I've, I've also talked about how I've had issues with finding myself accountable in the past, and it's still something I continue to work on to this day. But one thing I'm definitely, definitely needing a lot of help in is being accountable for the wins, for the dubs, right? What good does it do for you to be pushing yourself so far and achieving so much, you know, great stuff in your life if you're not even going to recognize it, right? I don't think there's a single person on this planet that is working their ass off or that's achieved great, you know, success and not recognize it, right? You have to. Otherwise, what's, what's the purpose there? What's the drive, right? Yeah. We all want to win, but recognize when you've won. Recognize and be responsible for that, right? And so, yeah, like I said, responsibility goes full circle or it comes full circle. But that's, you know, there's the two different sides of it, right? Being responsible for you when you've achieved success, but also being responsible for when you haven't, when you've come up short, when you just didn't make the cut, you know? If you tried Mm -hmm. out for the team, you didn't make the team. You didn't even make the bench, you know. There's those yeah. that'll make the team, but they're just on the bench all year round. You didn't even make that. You're in the sidelines. Like, you're watching from the sidelines. Mm-hmm. And it sucks, right, when you don't get what you want, when you push yourself so far, and you feel like you deserve it, you feel like you earn it, right? That's the, that's the crazy thing about life is even sometimes when you push yourself really far, and do everything in your capability, sometimes you still come up short, right? But that's out of your control, right? And that's no longer your responsibility. That's no longer on you, right? That's just the way of life. But be responsible up until that point, right? Don't just throw in the towel and be like, oh, well, I'm probably not going to make the team anyways. I mean, you know, I'm competing against these, like, savages. Like, there's no way I'm going to make it. It's like, leave that until the end. Leave that doubt. Leave everything, all that, until the end. Be responsible for yourself in that place and time. What's your task that day? What's your goal that day for that week, for that month, for that year? Stick to that. Be responsible for that. Anything else beyond that is out of your control. It's not your responsibility, right? Yeah. 
but responsibility to me is really important to talk about because of the places that it's taken me in life when I haven't been responsible. Yeah. When I've so how, so how yeah mm-hmm. on that same path, how have you dealt with that? Right. You've had the lows. You had the highs. You had the flats. Just yeah. Plateau. How do you take responsibility for that? You know, because I know here's the thing. I I've known you for a while, but I'm genuinely curious about these things because even knowing someone for this long, like I can't know what is on your mind at every single point in time. Right. Yeah. And that's why this is still extremely interesting to me. Like, how do you personally, you know, take responsibility for all those things? And and has have there been times when you haven't? And then did that end up catching up with you? Like, how how did that whole process go? Yeah. Um, the thing is, I've always been very honest. I don't. Maybe it's just some some trait that I have where I don't feel shame telling people or being open about my shortcomings or mistakes or whatever, um, I find humor in it, right? I'm a bit of a clown. So I'm very honest. And sometimes if I can turn it into a joke and get a laugh out of it, then it's okay, right? It's like almost like I justified making that mistake, right? Because yeah. although someone's laughing at my expense, it's a laugh nonetheless, right? Mm-hmm. So I've always been very honest um, as early as I can remember. And the responsibility didn't come until recently because I knew I was fucking up. I knew I was making mistakes, but I wasn't doing anything about it. Right. And, you know, with anything, as we've explained in the past, when you want to change something, there's steps to it. Right. The first step is always to acknowledge, you know, the second step is you start committing to, or you start coming up with a plan. And then third, you execute, right. You commit to it. I was stuck on that step. Number one for my whole life. Like I was acknowledging everything, but what good did it do me? I wasn't doing anything about it. Yeah, great. You just fucked up and you accepted it. So what? What are you going to do about it? What, are you just going to continue to feel sorrow, you know, feel bad for yourself, beat yourself up for it? So what? Yeah, you fucked up. We all fuck up. So what? Right? Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until recently when I I changed that, obviously, you know, with your help, um, where I was tired of fucking up and not doing anything about it. Now... I don't mind making mistakes nowadays. I I think I excel more when I make those mistakes yep. because it helps me improve, right? And I recognize that now. But it's 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 been a long road. It hasn't been easy because when you become responsible for something, it's you're stating in your own mind. It's like, yes, I'm aware I committed a mistake. I made a mistake or I fucked up, you know? Sometimes it's not even a little mistake. It's like, yeah, I fucked up. But now it's, okay, what are you doing about it? What are you going to do to make this better? What are you going to improve? How can you change to avoid this from happening again, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so nowadays, I take long, long periods of time to think about the choices I make. And I have to really justify them. If I can't justify it 100% as to why I should be doing it, I can't commit to it. And that's how I keep myself responsible, where if I get invited to go somewhere, I'm like, what could come out of that? Is there potential danger there, right? Like, what if we run into some people that I don't want to see or who knows what? Is it worth it? And most of the time, it's not, right? It's not bad to go out. But for me, it's more important to go hit the gym. It's more important to focus on myself. If I just worked 
a long day and I'm feeling tired, if I have very little energy left, it's going to be spent at the gym. And if it's not at the gym, then I'm just going to hold on to the energy for the next day, right? But I have to justify that. And that's how I find myself uh, responsible. That's how I'm responsible for it, you know? It's that accountability, right? Which we've also talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a pretty good system. It's worked so far. And it's and I'm still making improvements, but I have to justify everything I do. Um, and as I've talked about in the past, you know, I've had issues with alcohol and stuff. So it also comes from that nature, right? Where mm-hmm. is this potentially going to put me in a place where I'll be tempted to perhaps consume or perhaps be in a place where I'm starting to buy nothing but it and not anybody to speak with or anybody to hang out with that's potentially also sober, right? Um, it's that kind of a thought process that goes through it as well. Um, that's kind of my background on that. Um, some people will relate, some people won't. Some people will be like, I think you're overthinking it, but it's it's not. It's just being responsible. Um, mm-hmm. But it's not easy, you know, because sometimes, of course, you want to have fun, you want to go out, but then you get yourself at the end of the night like, damn, that really wasn't that fun. Or damn, like that was kind of uncomfortable. I didn't really want to go through that, or I didn't want to really be there, right? And so for those that are listening, the reason we're talking about these responsibilities is to avoid those, you know, those harmful situations, those uncomfortable scenarios. Be responsible for yourself. Avoid from even setting yourself up to being in that place in the first place, right? Be accountable. Don't just blame it on, oh, well, it's because they, you know, how they are, you know, those people, you know, they are when they get together. It's like, no, 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 know how you are. Know who you are in that scenario. Know who you're going to become when you're with certain people. Know what they bring out of you, right? Be responsible for that. Of course, like we said, anything else besides that that's out of your control, well, that's not, you're not, you're not responsible for that, right? But your responsibility is yourself. You have to be accountable for yourself. So that's how I, uh, that's how I do it. There you go. He has a system. I don't even have a system. I'm not even going to lie. That justification, mm-hmm. I, I, I've I, tried that in the past, I think, probably at some point. Just because I've been on this fucking self-growth journey for long enough, I'm guessing I tried that at some point. Yeah. Uh, it has potential. I might I might look into it. But Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that that is... Here's the thing that I, I like about it, and, and people think... Uh, the thing that makes me laugh in movies, right, is every movie will have some sort of plot, climax, resolution sort of thing. And so movies that I'm t- typically thinking about, let's think about like Creed, right, or the Rocket movies or something like that, right, boxing. If you saw the latest Creed or Creed 2, whichever one, right, it's always the main character goes through some problem. They struggle with it. They get slightly over and they get a great opportunity. And then they fuck it up or something. And then they really, really get mad at themselves. And that's when, you know, the music starts like, and they start like, you know, running down the streets. (laughs) Yeah, running down the streets of Philly. And then you're like, oh, man, this guy's changed. He's going to do it. And he goes in the climax and they finish off and and he's he's successful. He's glorious. Boom. Conclusion. Resolution. That's it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That that makes me laugh so much because literally like that happens to me every like five minutes when i'm at the gym where i'm like oh i'm feeling good i'm feeling oh 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 this is actually really hard 
I'm super weak right now. Oh, oh, never mind. I'm actually I'm good. It's like yeah. it's this constant thing. And and David Goggins has spoken about it when he runs those ultra marathons. He says like there is such a wide range of life within this like 24, 34 hours of running because you get to t- mile 20 and you feel like, all right, that was super easy. Let's do this. You get to mile 50 like, oh, all right, not the best, but we're working with it. Mouse 60, like, fuck this. I can't do this no more. Like, my, my legs are about to, like, break and snap in half. Like, you get to mouth 80, like, ah, why was I even tripping? I'm great. Right? Yeah. The reason I mention this is because as you're going through these things, it's not going to be one, a linear path where you fail and then you succeed. Right? It'll be ups and downs. I mean, every single day will be ups and downs. But the thing here is when you reach those downs, don't doubt right and i put up a post about this as well like you will always have a little bit of doubt there's never it's never going to go away because you're never done as a person so that will be there but i mean the larger sort of doubt and that often in academic setting or in whatever other setting is typically you know referred to as imposter syndrome and that is the thing that when you're in those lows can keep you in those lows Mm -hmm. because you don't believe that you were even allowed to be in the place that you're in right now. And so those lows become like, oh, I failed. Okay, yeah, actually, this feels natural. That makes sense. That was too much weight. It makes sense that I would have failed it. Right. And you become you come to accept it. And it's like, no, no, you shouldn't. Right? And it's something that I've struggled with in school, in looking for jobs, and at the gym as well. And I'm sure you have too. And the thing about it to me that now I don't, I can genuinely probably for like the first time in my life say I don't suffer from this shit anymore is the work. Especially, you know, the five days a week was great because that was good. But now with the seven days a week, I'm like, no, there's no doubt in my mind. There is no imposter syndrome for me anymore because how can I, how can I doubt the work? Yeah. You can't doubt the work small sort of like detour bitcoin uses i know it's a weird detour but trust me this this is exactly on the same path mm-hmm. bitcoin is built on the idea that you can't trust anyone on the internet so the a- second question is okay what can you trust and the thing that they can trust is a calculation work so bitcoin is based on a proof of work system that says i believe this block was created legitimately because this complicated puzzle that you have to solve computationally is so hard that you cannot fake this you can try to guess numbers randomly but it would literally take you the existence of the entire universe to guess the right number yeah right and i say that because that proof of work is to me what what i i can't be an imposter you know i know in my mind i can't be an imposter because i worked yesterday and i worked today and the previous day and the previous day and i'll work tomorrow and so, for example, for me, I just started a new job. Going into that job after working uh, after working out, right, waking up at 6, working out for an hour, and then starting my work about 8, 15, 9, even with the hard things where I'm thinking like, wow, these are some smart-ass motherfuckers here, I can't doubt myself anymore because I just came from putting an immense amount of effort at the gym, and I did it the day before and the day before. And I mean, mm-hmm. you can't fake it. You can't fake it till you make it with this work. It never lies. And so that's how I think, you know, imposter syndrome can be. I think that's the only way to get rid of imposter syndrome.
you know have you personally you know i I've, I've spoken it i've spoken about it quite a bit but i'm curious if you have at certain points you know also suffered for it i'm imagining that you have but i'll let you answer that yeah i definitely have it's uh it's something i've never dealt with because i've like i said i've never really pushed myself mm-hmm. uh i've never really been that all that driven um and i think that was like the biggest kind of uh thing that like knocked the wind out of me right where it's like okay i started getting after it i started working really hard i started being on my shit and then and that's you know i was telling you this one day like you'll do so much work right you'll get that new pr right you just hit a new um personal record for weight that you can do for whatever workout it is and then you're like could i have done more though right like Mm -hmm. right after right it's like what the fuck is wrong with me like did I really do it? Yeah, yeah. It's like you're going from, at least for me, right, in this example, like you're going from not doing shit, like literally nothing, right, to from 0% effort to like 110%. And then you're like, hmm, I don't know, though. Mm-hmm. I think I didn't do it. It's like, what the fuck, right? Um, And it's it's just weird, right? Where like for me, it'll personally piss me off. I'm like, what the fuck am I saying? Like, but in the heat of the moment, that little doubt might just lead to the next PR for the next workout, right? Yeah. And I don't know where this imposter syndrome comes from. I don't know if it's ingrained in us from birth, from our upbringing, or just throughout time. It's something that becomes second nature to us because of the journey we've decided to, to take a part in. I, I, I don't know. It's very odd to me. But it tends to be more prevalent in minorities i will say that there is research Mm -hmm. that suggests that in academic and work settings minorities suffer a lot more from imposter syndrome than uh you know caucasian white people essentially okay okay that's interesting tossing out the facts tossing out Um, we don't have a jamie here but we do have a juan (laughs) which is even better yeah juan look that shit up (laughs) (laughs) Um, okay. I could, I could see why that's true. I mean, and and of course, imposter syndrome, like everything else, doesn't just apply to the workout, right? To the gym. It also applies to your career, to your workplace, to your crafts, right? Anything that you're trying to build, right? When you achieve some form of success, you're like, nah, I didn't really do that shit. No, I didn't really work that hard. Yeah, but I could have done it better, right? It's a constant doubt in your mind that you don't belong and that newfound success. Um, and I, I, we spoke about it with you, for example. You going to the university, right? And you mm-hmm. seeing people around you that didn't necessarily look anything like you. You didn't necessarily feel connected to anybody. You felt alone in that position, right? And that is an enabler for feeling like an imposter, right? Because you're the outlier there. It's like, uh, did I really earn this, right? And like now, you know, like nowadays they make arguments for oh, well, you know, universities are going out of their way to get certain minorities in their, yep. uh, you know, in their classes for the purpose of, you know, it being uh, more appropriate to have, you know, a balance. Yeah, right, for diversity and this and that. And, you know, that's another argument for another podcast. But, again, with that in mind, imagine being that one outlier, right? You're there, you made it. And that's like the, that's literally all you think of. It's like, oh, great. 
I worked my ass off to get here and I don't even deserve this because I'm, I'm a minority. Mm-hmm. Most likely I was just tossed in here because I'm a minority, nothing else. They didn't even look at my submission, right? And it's these kinds of thoughts that threaten us day by day, right? Every day that you wake up, every day that you go to sleep, it's that constant doubt. It's the constant fear that you don't belong where you are because you've achieved some success or because you're going to, because you're on the right path. It's always doubt. It's always doubt. And to bring it back to what we were talking about earlier, it's become responsible for that. Be aware of when you're too in your head, you're too in your mind, right? Because with I think with anybody that's achieved success, they're always going to be dealing with that imposter syndrome. There's always going to be a reason to doubt, right? It's like, uh, what, like, what's that quote? It's like, there'll be a million reasons as to like why not to do something, but there's always one reason to do it, right? Mm-hmm. Haven't heard or like, that, you know, excuses, that right? sounds like something, yeah. Yeah, so it's like, you could almost say that about this, right? Like, yeah, of course there's going to be a thousand million reasons as to why you didn't do this, of why you shouldn't be in the position you're in. But there's also always going to be just one reason why, because you weren't, you, you did work for it. You are there. You are present in that moment, right? Be aware of that. Um, yeah, it it's it's tricky, man. Our mind play our minds play games with us. It does, and I, I mentioned this earlier to you. When I hit a deadlift PR, and this was a couple of years ago, it was like three fifteen, so about three plates. I I genuinely because I did it alone and I didn't take a picture and I just did it. I, you know, in the moment I was like, oh wow, that's fucking great. That's cool. Anytime after that, that people would ask me like, hey, what was your PR for about a year? maybe a little bit less, but about a year, I think I would say like, Oh no, it was like two plates and a 25 because I felt a couple of things. One, Hey, my form wasn't that good or two, yeah. like, nah, that just, that doesn't sound likely. You know what I mean? How like, kind of like when you're, everyone's done it, right? You're working out and you're repping things out. And you're like, was that nine or 10? I can't oh. quite remember. It was one <laughs> of those moments where I'm like, did I actually do Three fifteen? Nah, probably not. Right. So I, yeah. I, I went on the side of like, well, most likely, not, which is a yeah. fucked up thing to say because of why? Why is that most likely? Why is it most likely that I didn't do that weight when really I wasn't that far off before? Why would that be more likely? And why is it more likely that I failed? Why is it more likely that I didn't do the thing that I set myself up for? Right. And yeah. it makes no sense. Analyze that. Think about that on your own. It doesn't make sense. And so the next time I did it, I, t- I was telling my friend about this, and I did it. He said, "Hey man, you got to take a picture of this. You know, not for the not for the IG, not for the Snapchat, just because you have been telling people that you've been like twenty five or pretty much like fifty twenty five kilos less, so about like fifty pounds less than your mm-hmm. actual one. Like, take a picture for yourself, fuck, like for everyone else, just so you can know. And so to this day, I have that picture on my phone, and I look at it and. Still a little bit, I'm like, mm, yeah, that was me. You know what I mean? But the picture helps. Yeah. The picture helps, and the person being there helps. And that's why earlier this week, or I think it was last week, when you sent me the PRs that you had set up in, in squat and everything, I just I was just honest. Hey, man, that's good. You know what yeah. I mean? And here's, here's the thing that, to me, has helped me. Yes, the seven days working out has helped me getting over this. But think about this. If you're suffering from imposter syndrome, whether it be at school that has happened to me, whether it be at work, that has also happened to me, or whether it be at the gym, again, has also happened to me. Think about whatever instance you thought where you're like, mm, that doesn't sound right. How hard is the thing that you're doing? 
right? And I'll give you, right, let's take Omar's example for that, right? I don't remember that what the exact weight was, but it was squat and it was more than a plate, something significant, right? Mm-hmm. How hard or easy is that? Can anyone just from the street walk up and squat that weight? Can I squat that weight, right? So you, you can also compare it to other people that you know, right? My squat max is about two plates, right? So can I do that? Yeah. But can someone from the, from the street do that? No, not likely, right? I mean, one, like you said, your gym, they're probably fucked up. So I'll probably like squash them and just like kill them. <laughs> yeah. But even saying on their shit, very few people can do that. Right. Yes, it will change based on their body type. If you have like a 300 pound guy who used to play football, yeah, he would probably easily do it. Right. But the normal average person cannot do, if the normal average person cannot do the things that you are doing, then by necessity, you have to have earned it. And by necessity, it cannot be, you cannot be an imposter. Again, it's the proof of work concept. You can't fake the work. That is the thing that I have learned so far in my life. It doesn't matter what you're doing. It doesn't matter what you're saying or what you're showing off. Show me what you can do. Show me your work. And if you can do that, then I believe you. I have no doubt in my mind that you can do what you said you were going to do and that you are the person that you say you are because I have seen you sweat, because I have seen you stay up at night to study, because I have seen the work. And once you see that and you see that in yourself, There's no fucking chance that you can doubt that. There's just no chance. And that's the thing that I've realized so far. I don't doubt myself. Almost don't doubt myself anymore. (laughs) Because I have the track record. I've Mm -hmm. proven it to myself. Right? So trust in the work that you're doing. Because that is the only thing that matters. Doesn't matter what you're looking like physically. Doesn't matter what you're... Anything. If you're putting in the work, there is no fucking way that you can be an imposter. There's just no way. Yeah. You can't fake the funk. If you're, <laughs> you know. You cannot fake the funk. You can't fake the sweaty t-shirts after going on a run. You can't you can't do that. I mean, technically, you can't. But yeah. you can't. You can't fake the funk. I uh, <laughs> I recently started posting, like, pictures every day that I was at the gym. Uh and you know i always used to like shit on people like oh look at you you're so cool dude look at you you're so strong right yeah and um it, i mean it was, it was just always like funny to me and then i got the imposter syndrome through that itself where i was like who the fuck is this guy who, who the fuck am i to be posting fucking gym pics every day mm-hmm. i'm not even that yoked i'm not even that ripped who the fuck is this guy like who the fuck do i think i am you know yeah. and then I'm very social, but I don't really like post all that much on social media. Right. And I think through the podcast, I've definitely started posting more, um, just in general, also because it's like, it's brought up my mood. It's brought up my whole vibe and everything. Right. So I'm more Mm -hmm. out there, but because I started posting every day, I did it with the intention of keeping myself accountable and also to hopefully, you know, inspire other people and also, you know, get them to click on the podcast page. Um, then I started getting compliments from people and I'm like, (laughs) <laughs> yeah but not really you know it's like 
a friend like called me like damn dude look at those forums i'm like ah, it's on the lighting but yeah thanks ooh, ooh, uh, okay all right forums check out omar's forums fuck it, it was like it was like random too you know i was like nah it's they're not even that big they're pretty <laughs> tiny it's just the light of, of anything too forums is such a <laughs> weird thing it's how like do, the fuck little... do you tell that bro <laughs> dude the one thing i don't work out is somebody compliments me on it like yeah fucking imposter syndrome to the max like no no yeah <laughs> and then like uh you know and other people will, will um will show me you know some appreciation some love and, and you know and not to say that i don't appreciate that everybody that does show support i do appreciate you guys but in that moment in time i'm like eh, i'm not even that big and like i barely started doing this like i haven't even been going through this for that long you know mm-hmm. and uh it almost made me like not want to post ever again. And I'm like, why am I so in my head? Like I'm being ridiculous right now. People are just showing some love. You know, people are just being supportive. They're complimenting you. It's nothing bad. Um, but because of perhaps at one point in my life, I wasn't used to receiving compliments as much. Or if I received compliments, it was for things that I didn't really deserve to be complimented over for. Now it's like that imposter syndrome has become a thing where it's like, don't celebrate me yet. I haven't even achieved my final form. Let me put in some more work. Let mm-hmm. me achieve the next goal in mind, and then you can compliment me, right? Um, and it's just weird, you know. I think support in general is good, but something about that weird, flawed mindset, I guess, that just you start denying it, like you don't deserve it, right? Yeah. But um, I felt that too, yeah. especially once I started posting because I, I've. I haven't been to social media for years now and I just, I don't like it. Yeah. And I, I mentioned this in the post that I put up too. Like this question has been, but it's not in my mind as much right now, but it's still in my mind. And it's like, it made me laugh typing it out. Cause it was just like, it sounds fucking hilarious. Like, do you think this is a fucking joke? And knowing <laughs> you, Omar, I know you would say, yeah, dude, this is a joke. You know, you fucking, <laughs> you're fucking a payaso. Not. So you would try to, <laughs> you would try to fucking answer that in some funny ass oh way. And again, I thought it was really coming from that. I thought because I don't have my own personal Instagram or social media of any kind, really. I don't care about social media. I'm not on it. But then here I go posting these things on there. I thought like, oh, well, maybe it's because of that. Maybe it's for all the people that are out there, even though no one said anything, obviously, but everyone in their own, you know, little corner of their life is like, ah, maybe he's not doing that. Maybe he's faking it, whatever it is. I thought it was that for them. It's like, nope, it's actually not at all. Again, yeah. it was for myself, right? Because that slight bit of doubt inside me, it's a small amount at this point, but it's still there, was thinking, nah, man, you're not this person. Like, that's that's pretty fucking crazy. You're not that guy, pal. You're not that fucking guy. Genuinely, <laughs> you're not that fucking guy. And I think about that every day when I wake up. Not necessarily you're not that guy. I just think like, damn, I mean, you've done pretty good, but today's another day. I'm more tired today than I was yesterday. <laughs> Can yeah. you still keep this up? Right? And the thing about it is, and it's the reason why I don't really post like selfies or anything like of me particularly. It's just really the weights or, or the bench or just random pictures. Just because I don't do it for that at all. It's just like, I don't care genuinely if anyone believes me. Think Mm -hmm. what you think. If you want to say, hey, this man fakes it, for sure, great. Live your life, you know, thinking that that's fine. I have no fucking problem with that. I just do it. And the reason why right there also not the best pictures, I just do it to say, hey, I'm here again today. You know, I'm here again tomorrow. I'm going to be here the next day. I'm going to be here the next day. And I'm going to be here the next day. And that's it. For anyone out there that might take that as motivation or driven or 
anything of that sort. Because like I said earlier in the podcast, even if you're in denial, even if you think like I can never do that, these small little grains of salt start getting into your brain like, oh, well, this guy did it and he's just some regular dude that I used to know. Mm-hmm. And this other guy did it and this other guy did it. I'm like, oh, okay. And the more people you meet, to me at least, the more people that I have met that are doing similar things, the more possible it looks. It used to look absolutely impossible. Like if someone were to say, hey, man, can you be David Goggins? I'd be like, are you fucking stupid? I would die. <laughs> now, if you ask yeah. me, I'd be like, yeah, I could. Yeah. I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. I'm humble to say I'm not there yet. Not close. But I'm fucking working there. I'm working to get there. Yeah. You know? And that's all that matters there. Yeah. Yeah, it's something else, man. We, we've we definitely come a long way. we got to give ourselves a pat on the back. But not for too I'll long. Do I'll do it. Pat on the back. <laughs> but not for too long because there's more work to do. Yeah. Um, Always. Yeah. I um. Just as some final thoughts, um, for all you listeners out there in the world, wherever you may be, quit faking that funk. Get to it. <laughs> Get to work. I saw that coming. Accept those consequences. <laughs> Face your fears. Take responsibility for them. Mm-hmm. Do what you got to do to get ahead. But make sure it's with the right ideas in mind, with the right intention in your heart. And if you can do that, tune back into next episode. We'll be here the next week. Yeah. Any other uh, final thoughts, Juan? No. I think you can close this podcast out or this episode out with our wow. Okay. Our wowers from uh, Chadwick Boseman. R.I.P. R.I.P. Fearlessness means taking the first step, even if you don't know where it will take you. It means being driven by a higher purpose rather than by applause. It means knowing that you reveal your character when you stand apart more than when you stand with the crowd. Those are facts. Beautifully said. Yep. Well, thanks for tuning in, everybody. I uh, I hope this opens some people's eyes. Hope it triggers some people. If it doesn't, come back for the next episode. See you next week. Thanks, guys. Bye.